welcome to penpodcast.com with your co-host Nico Pengen of Pen for Hire NYC. Today we are joined by Levent. And Levent, thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure to be here, Nico. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, wow. And I was just taking a look, Levent, at all the stuff that you've been able to do. And wow, you have done so much. And you're just like all over the place in regards to business. And I saw that you were born in Turkey. So I'm curious to know, how is somebody that's born in Turkey doing business in over 100 languages? How did that even happen? (laughs) Well, thank you for asking, Nico. Well, I mean, uh, I speak English and I speak my my mother tongue, Turkish. Mm -hmm. Um, My company does all that wonderful stuff. My, I have a, a, a great team around me, um, you know, project managers, um, our managing director and very talented mm. uh, freelance translators, specialists in their, you know, the subject matters and translating into, into their native languages. So I am surrounded by this, by these people. And mm. as a result, uh, we can provide 100 languages uh, for for companies, business executives to do business with, and this is mm. our thirtieth year in business. So wow, it's a kind congratulations. of congratulations. It didn't happen overnight, you know. It took out. Oh, thank you, thank you, Nico. It didn't happen overnight, but it's a sort of, you know, it's, we, we, even though after thirty years we are learning every day, we are adding new things to our uh, portfolios, and you know. So yeah, it's, it's a continuous learning process that. That keeps us, you know, keeps us occupied as well as make it enjoyable. You know, make our jobs enjoyable. Well, that's actually pretty interesting because I always kept thinking with a hundred different languages and doing business international, it has to be hard to uh, essentially like avoid a misunderstanding. You might be saying something and they might be understanding or interpreting something. So how, is that, how do you avoid those kind of misunderstandings or those situations? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, love, I love those questions, Nico. Um, yes, you are absolutely correct. And it is so easy to misunderstand something, mm-hmm. even in the same language. Mm. You know, what Americans call candy. It's called confectionery here, you know, in the UK. And... Uh, Trying to sell, a, a, you know, something with that brand name would make it harder. And equally, for a UK company trying to sell their product to, uh, you know, the American audience who are accustomed hearing candy, mm-hmm. you know, suddenly it's confectionery. What do you do if you don't understand something? Right. <laughs> You're not interested. It right. doesn't create right. any interest. So, mm-hmm. you know, so it's so easy to... Uh, create misunderstandings this is where you know without going into any sales speech and that's not intended for that purpose but more like um this is the value of translators this is the value of mm-hmm. professional translators that can provide to to their customers mm-hmm. your listeners who already use services of professional translators or professional language service providers will mm-hmm. know we know what I mean. It, it will resonate with them very much because it is the job of a, a professional translator who not only will understand their language, but will also know all the nuances and will also know 
how to adapt a customer's message to the to to their target audience. So this is where a, a good translator will come handy. They will help avoid all this uh, all this what's the word challenges, so to speak, because mm-hmm. nobody nobody intentionally creates a difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one of the words for children in in France. Uh, I, I mean, I don't speak French, but I know this particular one. <laughs> Legos means, you know, it's, 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 it's one of the words used for children. But in Canadian French, it's got totally different meaning. Mm. It can mean testicles. Um, if you imagine a, a, a company providing service or product in relation to children, and they say, oh, guys, you know, we have all our French documentation. Let's use them for, you know, Canada as well. Because we have already have, we already paid for it. Right. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. that that's a logical, um, um, logical step. But mm-hmm. having that documentation checked over by a French Canadian translator mm-hmm. to make sure that there's nothing that sort of can mean something else unintentionally. Mm. Uh, because the reader will not know if it is intentional or unintentional. Correct. It'll just they will be disengaged straight away. And oh, also, you know, bad, bad translations, people can spot them a mile away. So the whole point is really communication, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. getting connected with the, making that emotional connection with the purple people who is going to buy stuff or mm-hmm. use the services, creating that emotional um, connection. And language plays a very important part in that. No, also, I was thinking that not just like the branding, but also like if you had a conversation with them and for them, a silent moment might mean something completely different <laughs> than for, you know, in America, a silent moment is just you giving permission to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Place, it might mean something different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, this this is very, very interesting what you mentioned there, Nico, because silence is like, um, if it is interpreted wrong, it can just sort of visualize a, a, a kind of first meeting. An American business person goes to a different country mm-hmm. to what, what for you know for commercial purposes to introduce their services, to create customers, you know, to win customers. So they incur charges. They you know um, a lot of work. It's not just money. It's also a lot of work. And once people do something and it produces results, it motivates them to do more. So Mm -hmm. if you imagine that sort of environment and they misinterpret the silence, because in certain countries, silence, the meeting will not start straight away. There may be like, once people get in the room, there could be like 10 seconds silence or 15 seconds silence. Mm -hmm. silence. And 15 seconds, if you're not ready for it, it could mean like two, three minutes. <laughs> and yeah. within that time, you may think, oh, this is not going to work. Or, or <laughs> did I say something wrong? Or did I do something wrong? You know, didn't they like me? You know, all these wild thoughts can come to mind. Whereas in, in, in Far East and, and certain Middle East countries, you know, that's the way to set, set, the, set the scene. Mm. You know, let everyone settle in. You know, and saying almost saying that you know we are here to meet you, but we're not in a 
terrible rush. So mm. room settles, and then you know, <laughs> I mean, it's impossible to read all the signs. But right. the main thing is, I think the I think the main thing is recognizing that there are different cultures, there are different values, and um, what we know as as our culture may not be necessarily uh, may may be different in other cultures. So just being patient and also showing respect because body language can mean a lot mm-hmm. in those type of circumstances because you know people read body language more than what you actually say. And is that also one of the differences whether you shake their hand and you hold their hand hard or you just shake their hand and you shake them hand you know, a little lightly you know just a yeah, little yeah. grab which one which one to go for you know if you shake him if you shake it firm firm handshake that's what i'm used to so i like to sh- but but then i have to be wary about you know how will this be interpreted exactly I mean, if you think of like far east japanese and chinese culture Mm-hmm. Handshaking tradition is actually this is bowing, so they bow. Right. Uh, so it's so, and for them, I think handshaking, soft, gentle, is a sign of respect. Mm-hmm. So firm handshake may come across as kind of bit unfriendly, not unfriendly, but more like aggress- aggressive. Right. So, right, right. <laughs> you know, yes, I mean something like this. The important the importance is really. We are talking about so when do you shake somebody's hand? When when you come across the silence, right at the beginning of the meetings. And would you agree that if something starts good, we'll likely to end up good? So it's all all this is all about having the right start, uh, you know, or or preventing any kind of um, misunderstandings mm-hmm. right before the start of the of the dealings or meetings. You know, like, I mean, it's nothing unusual. If I see a person come to a meeting, take off their jacket, roll up their sleeves, come on, let's talk business. Now, this, there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned and then the person doing it is concerned. But they have to think of this. How will this be interpreted mm. in an environment, in a culture that I'm not familiar with? So maybe let's hold on to taking off this jacket and rolling up sleeves until mm. they know me, until, until you know, uh, or cracking that joke. You know, making jokes. And I mean, I always say advice um, business people when, for, the, for their international travels is that until you know your counterparts, until this you know this this ice breaking you know the the ices are broken and there's some friendliness take take mm-hmm. place until you know them avoid talking about uh, humor football <laughs> politics and religion avoid those subjects until they know you because once they know you the intentions will be clear you know and, okay but at that initial moment you know okay let's let's make a joke to you know to to break the ice Okay, it may not work in all cultures. I think that's the important. <laughs> also, something something funny for us may not be funny for for somebody else. You know, oh, so true. why why take that why take that chance? 
<laughs> so that risk, that risk of trying to crack a joke or talk about sports or politics or religion, those are certain mistakes that you want to avoid when you're dealing with an international meeting or international customer or potential partner. I will. That's what I would suggest. And at, at least at the at the at the beginning, okay. You know, once once people people understand each other, once once people, uh, you know, understand the purpose of the meeting, and there's there's the same synergy, and they yeah, they want to do business, then people will find out their own way anyway. But right at the beginning, you know, something, uh, you know, unintentional gesture unintentional <laughs> you know something you say wrongly mm -hmm. i mean football is you know very common you know conversation starter and it's you know but but some countries football is very very passionately it's everything <laughs> football is everything it's and everything. and this is rivalry there's yeah. rivalry this that's so important you know yeah, and you choose the wrong team it's over you know what i mean and and <laughs> in spain Say you're in Spain and the only team that you know is Real Madrid. That's perfect, okay. Or it may be that only team you know is Barcelona. Mm -hmm. But those two are <laughs> arch rivals, <laughs> and their fans are not. You know, they, there's there's a sort of a lot of um, competitiveness between them. So oh, yeah. talking about this team in the wrong environment can alienate. The other team's supporters. So why why take that chance? You, you know what I mean. It's 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 all about because we are there to to do business. We are there to you know uh, make bridges, make connections, mm -hmm. uh, to introduce our services or products. So I think little patience and little respect and and you know, little awareness could be really important. Now is that essentially how to start building up the trust with those different cultures is by being aware of those situations and yeah. not hitting those big landmines. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by pen for hire. There's a saying, don't judge a book by its cover, but that was never meant to actually apply to books. Unfortunately, readers are naturally inclined to books with covers and titles that catch their attention. Don't let your masterpiece go on red because of a poorly designed cover. A great book cover doesn't have to break your budget either. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get a free consultation today. And now back to the interview. Now, we know what not to do. What should we be doing then in order to build up that trust then? Well, say you're traveling to a country reading some, something about them, you know, what mm. do they like? What is it that, you know, because thanks to internet, mm -hmm. uh, social media, we can find out a lot of information. So what is it that they are concerned about? What is it that, uh, that is bothering them? Or what is that, what is, what are their challenges? So doing a little bit of homework, um, trying to understand language, culture, religion or religions because some countries may have multiple religions mm -hmm. and um, and this awareness will go a long way also if it is an important meeting consulting people who understand international business etiquette mm. if it's a if it's a high ticket value meeting 
that you don't want to take any chances, then yes, consult somebody, you know, find out. And there are uh, professional services for this. I mean, I'm always happy to, 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 you know, talk to business people when they are traveling. Also, mm -hmm. there are, it's not just, you know, companies like ourselves, but also a lot of countries have uh, embassies on the ground. There could mm -hmm. be services provided. So having this um, curiosity about the culture that you're going to meet and finding as much information as possible. I mean, one simple thing, for instance, uh, there could be a natural disaster just taking place week before. So the country may be in mourning. You know, they maybe the bridge collapsed. I mean, it happened uh, lately in Italy. There was a huge viaduct crash. So there was like the country, especially in that part, was people were in mourning. They were like you know, really mm -hmm. upset. And so being aware of this type of news. So when you walk into a meeting, if you look extremely cheerful because you want to show friendly and you know, um, you want to make connections, again, mm -hmm. may come across a little uh, strange because everyone is upset and, you know, they, they, they've lost people and stuff like that. So a little bit of homework and understanding language, culture. Is there a particular holiday? I was talking to an entrepreneur based in uh, Malaysia. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I learned so much from him just talking to him in half an hour. And he is co-founded a company with uh, uh, South Korean uh, partners. He mm. He's based in Malaysia and they serve whole Southeast Asia. And I said to him, and he said uh, he did startups in Vietnam. He did startups in Indonesia. I said to him, how do you achieve this? You know, what is your secret? And he says, well, I don't have any secrets. He says, when I went into Vietnam, he says, before I took the taxi, I just opened my <laughs> Google Translate, find out, you know, how to say hello in Vietnamese and how to say thank you in Vietnamese. And, you know, I jumped in a taxi. I said, hello in Vietnamese. And the taxi driver started speaking to me in, in Vietnamese. I said, no, no, I said, hold on. All I know is how to say hello. But that was it. He won the taxi driver straight away. Right. You know? So that was his secret. So he would he sh he would show that he is making uh, you know efforts to to connect with them. So mm. when he went to South uh, Korea, he didn't go to the you know Gangnam district, he went to other places where Koreans hang out, hang out and that's where he met his potential partners. You mm. know, and with these people he co-founded a company. They're turning over 25 million, oh, sorry, uh, around about that. I mean, but definitely over a million US dollar turnover, employing 25 people with a huge potential. You, you know what I mean? So, so being being aware of what's going on around us, especially when we are, you know, doing international travel, can bring a, <laughs> a lot of benefits, and uh, you know. It will only you'll only know when you do it. You know what I mean. So, so just a little bit of awareness, respect, and recognition goes a long and, way. And so that enables you to not only connect with the individual, 
um, that's there and they feel that their culture is being respected and taken care of by someone not local. But also that's uh, one of the advantages that you would have over a potential competitor that's also trying to nab that same deal or that same connection. Um, they'll, they'll be able to see, oh, this guy is much more respectful to my culture. He at least did his homework. He's aware of what's going on. So that way we don't have to tell him, hey, listen, a bridge just collapsed and yeah, yeah, uh, we need you yeah. to be a little bit more respectful because you're already yeah. aware of that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, you know, like doing a bit of homework, I mean, Japanese are very, very, uh, um, what's the word, like very, very strict about going, you know, if you go in, you're inviting into somebody's house, they are very strict about using slippers. Mm-hmm. So walking into a somebody's house with your shoes on is a sign of disrespect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so knowing, being aware of this is very important, you know, so there, there won't be any awkwardness. You, you're invited to somebody's house and that's, 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 a, that's a great thing, you know, somebody inviting you to, to their house, opening you, their home is a, is a, is a great sign of that they want to do something with you. So you go in, take off your shoes, you know, and they'll give you slippers straight away. So automatically they'll say, ah, this guy or this 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 girl knows about them. You know, there's not they don't find this strange. And if you think about it, it is great. I mean, I am from uh as as you mentioned, I'm from Turkey, and it is quite customary in Turkey to to take off shoes when you go into somebody's house or at least ask, you know, do I need to take off my shoes? And if they say mm-hmm. no, then you may, but, but generally people would kind of expect you, uh, when you see kind of, when you walk in, I mean, the sign that I, <laughs> the, my cue is if I walk into somebody's house that I don't know, I look for slippers by the side, yeah. by the door. Yeah. If there are a pair of slippers waiting for me, <laughs> that's my cue. Okay. Now I have to take off my shoes. If you ask, it'll be like, unnecessary question because somebody put that pair of slippers nicely waiting for the guest. <laughs> so, you know, looking for these signs is so, so important. Now for somebody who is just thinking about that decision, well, I only do local business. Uh, when do I know that it's time to start Google, you know, going global, going international, getting into different markets? How does a business know that it's time for them to expand? Well, Nico, that's a great question. Um, but there's no secret answer. Mm. You know, I think what is important is that business executive or business owner asking that those questions to themselves. And and that, that comes with awareness. That's one of the reasons that I've, I've written my book to show that Expanding to new export markets is possible. It is doable because you don't know what you don't know. You know, what you're missing, the the missed opportunities doesn't appear on our balance sheet. When we look at our company's balance sheet, what do we see? We see, you know, the result of the sales, profits and everything we see on the balance sheet. Mm -hmm. But the balance sheet doesn't show Levant, you lost opportunities in Europe. And this is this amounts to yeah. whatever many hundred thousands. It's not that, right? You know, and that shouldn't give us any comfort. 
Now, when do we know this? When it comes to, you know, every business comes to a point that they start getting some, getting to a pain point that it is the market may get saturated. It will be difficult to get more customers. It is because there could be a high uh, competition or it is because that they've reached that saturation point in their domestic market. So when their sales people and marketing people keep coming back and say, look, we're trying very hard, but you know we can't gain any more customers. And at this point, normally, business owners, business executives start scratching their head and, okay, what, what else can we do? You know, shall we employ a new salesperson? Shall we get a new website? You know, what shall we do? Mm -hmm. At this point, the great alternative is expanding to new markets. Mm. Because if one example is, and when Apple said in 2009 that they are taking iPhone to China, their shares gone up straight away. Mm -hmm. Even before stock market didn't need to wait for them to go to China because the moment they said they are going to China, they knew, they knew that the sales will go through the roof because it's a tried and tested product, got a loyal user base in many countries. Now they are taking it to China with millions of potential customers. And the same principle applies to any size of business. You know, we, we, we spend too much time on trying to control the cost, looking at PNL, PNL uh, numbers and everything. These are important. Of right. course, we need to check our costs. We need to look at profit and loss. But the best way to grow a business is really not, doesn't work with um, controlling the cost. The best way to grow the business is taking product or the service to another market. And uh, export markets are great for that because fresh audience, never seen the product before. Um, and making sure, of course, there's a number of things that needs to be done before taking that step. Um, but generally, going to a new market is the best way to, to grow the business. So essentially, if they're having, you know, okay, domestic success and they're seeing opportunities that where they could go, they might even might might even be much 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 more of a hit if they go to an exporting uh or export market because they might be have you know doing the homework they might be aware of the culture they might be aware of how their service or their product is going to impact um, that community as well as that location and if they meet all those metrics and they're you know far above and beyond what the local competition, they could thrive in that environment versus doing just okay at their local market. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's that's a great summary. And can I share a secret with you, mm -hmm. Nico? And I mean, it's not a secret really, but it is something that is not realized by by many 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 business executives that I have come across. Now, if a company, a business executive, wondering. Okay, which market to go to? You know, we want to do international trade, but we have no idea where to go to. Mm -hmm. Now, most most businesses have websites. And on those websites, if they have installed Google Analytics, mm -hmm. Google Analytics will give a lot of information. They can go and check where their visitors are coming from. If their website is 
attracting visitors from certain countries, then you know they don't have to think too much about it. It mm. is likely that there's a demand from those countries. Right. Of course, that's not enough to take action. But Correct. if they have no idea, look, you know, we're selling we're selling in in the UK, but you know, should we go to Ireland? Should we go to France? Should we go to, you know, uh, uh, Germany, Spain? Or should we go to Far East or Middle East? What should we do? You know, I say, say check your Google Analytics and look mm. at where your visitors are coming from. This is obviously the, the one of the first, very first steps to get right. some idea. And they suddenly notice that, hold on, we've got lots of visitors coming from Germany. Wow, okay. And the it, country sticks out because... When the visitors come to website, they stay on these pages. Mm-hmm. What are those pages? Well, these are our product pages. And if the company is, I don't know, multiple products, it'll be changed, it'll be different from business to business. But they can see, oh, the visitors are attracted to this page, mm-hmm. that product. So now they have a good data, they have a country visitors coming from, there's a product that the visitors are attracted to. Now mm-hmm. They can start their search from from that point and see see what is the volume of searches for this product, what is the competition like, so they can get started doing series of activities um, to establish the the you know is it viable to, for us to go to that market? But it gives a lot of information. Google Analytics is the should be the first short first port of call for this type of purposes. So the the best first step after deciding that the company or the brand should go overseas or uh, international is to just check out where to essentially start that process. And the best way that you've mentioned is that Google Analytics, because it's pretty much a free information that they uh, that they provide for you. And it doesn't require you to hire any professionals, just a very nice and easy numbers and data that is giving you. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by Pen for Hire. Those who fail to plan, plan to fail. While many writers are capable of writing entire novels without ever planning or getting writer's block, most need some kind of structure. Taking the raw thoughts out of your head and organizing them before or during the writing process can drastically improve quality and efficiency. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get a free consultation on our author coaching services today. And now back to the interview. Now, when you come onto the scene, you essentially get to assist them in deciding where is the best location as well as the etiquette for that specific location, right? Yes, that's very true, yes. I mean, the important thing is... um, if the business executive has an idea about what to do, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, if I go to a doctor and say, doctor, I have a problem. And they say, okay, you know, what's, what's, what's the problem? Tell us. Well, I don't know, but I have a problem. <laughs> you know, you know, and then what, what sort of, what sort of help can the doctor, because the, before doctor does any diagnosis, they say, why does it hurt? You know, mm-hmm. how long has it been going? And did it start? Is it when you're hungry, when you're upset, or when you know they last series of questions before right, right. 
giving any sort of you know prescription or any kind of diagnosis. So what I'm what I'm trying to say is that more I know about my problem, mm-hmm. more help I can get. Mm. You know, um, mm-hmm. because it's so hard to help a child because when child cries, you don't know why they're crying. Right. You you make assumptions. Okay, they must be hungry, so let's feed them. Mm-hmm. Or if they're still crying, oh, maybe we, we need to change them now. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, so if they're still crying, so you know, you have to go step by step. So right. by by sort of helping themselves, a business executive can make a big, big difference by by being aware of, okay, we want to do this, we've got this uh, Google Analytics, or we are getting orders or inquiries from the website. Because that's the thing. One, once a company is in a sizable, you know, employ few people, there are a few salespeople, some of the information may be stuck in, in somebody's desk. Well, mm-hmm. actually, we are, we've been getting orders or inquiries from Italy. Why? Because they love our product. And uh, or why? Because we have a product that's actually a lot cheaper than the local product, or have got better features. So this information, if it is not gone into the right places, the business executive may have no idea that actually they have got they are receiving inquiries from certain places. So at the time of you know growth, mm-hmm. or when when they considering growth, is getting the team together. And sharing this information with the team, you know, guys, we want to grow and we are looking at international markets. So any news, any indication you're getting, share with us. And and checking Google Analytics, checking the Mm -hmm. website, checking social media. They may be getting questions from there if they have a LinkedIn page or Facebook page. They mm-hmm. may be getting some questions and, and people may be asking asking questions or asking for advice. So these all small indications can actually, when they come together, they can start building a, you know, that this could be a part of a bigger, bigger picture. And that's actually super important because that essentially lets you branch off into uh, your book, which is the good business in any language, how to thrive in global markets. Um, I was taking a look at the cover and I was like, wow, that's a great idea for a cover. (laughs) You have like four to five people uh, pretty much like planting their flag on their country. Uh, Essentially, in my in my in my personal opinion, that covers is showing that you can thrive in any global market as long as you have the correct preparedness. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I yeah. totally agree with that, and 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 the companies who have been, um, who have been very successful, you know, it's not accidental. It is it mm-hmm. is planned, and they follow a frameworks, and and everything is is part of a plan. It's nothing accidental, and the companies who haven't been successful is because um, they they missing something. They either done mm-hmm. a very quick decision on somebody's, you know. Distributors may say, well, you'll, you'll do great in this country. Come over here. And if they take somebody's word for it and make all the arrangements, you know, after that, sometimes it may work, but there's an element of chance. There's an element, element of risk. Okay, mm-hmm. what is in business that doesn't have a risk? Everything in business, everything has a risk. But right. there are risks that are manageable. There are risks that... That can actually 
uh, absorb those risks or take them into account. But if you don't know the risk, that is that's terrible because <laughs> that will be a, that's mm-hmm. when the panic panic starts because you, you didn't know about the risk. Correct. And you know, um, and in my book, what I what I try to um, uh, put across is that successful companies follow a strategy, and that's why I developed that lingo model to mm-hmm. help small to medium-sized companies to take that step to international markets in a calculated and um, most, uh, what's the word, uh, price-free way. Mm. And for those that don't know, uh, the lingo model is the learn the market, information gathering, navigate the market, go operational, and open for business. Yes. And so you like to teach this concept, not only just in the book, but also if you do get booked for assisting companies that do want to make that uh, international leap from just domestic into dealing with other uh, other, uh, countries. And that's why you've helped businesses do uh, services in over 100 languages. Very much, Nico. Very much so. Yes, indeed. And it's not rocket science. Mm hmm. Is it easy? It's not. Right. But it is rewarding. And and the companies, I have customers, their um, revenue that they get from their domestic market, which is, you know, UK market is 30%. Mm-hmm. So for them, spending money on doing language versions is, is, is the best practice is possible for them because they know that they are reaching to more customers by having uh, user guides, um, data sheets in the native languages. Because customers are four times more likely to engage with a, with a product or service if the information they receive are in their language. They know that because mm. they get 30% of their income from UK, the rest international. So for them to, to produce more content in local languages, makes make only makes sense and also they some of them get actually um, demands from the local customers they say look why why don't we have your website in in german mm. you know, why why don't you do this in 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 italian you haven't got the italian first so let's you know let's have an italian website so there's this pressure that comes from uh from 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 the ground up sometimes that that companies may take action following that. Oh, hold on. Look, if you don't do this website in this language, we're going to upset customers. And as a result, we may lose customers to competition. I mean, if you look at the large brands like Airbnb, last Mm -hmm. time I checked, Airbnb website was available in 46 languages. So so somebody in South Korea or in, in Japan or in Turkey or Middle East, using the Airbnb website feels very much at home. Mm. It's not like an American site that I'm trying to get get around. Mm-hmm. That's that's a that's a bad feeling. That's a kind of not what I mean by bad feeling is that that makes it awkward. It is like right. wearing somebody else's jacket that doesn't fit you, but yeah. you're trying to you're trying to look good in it. That but everyone knows that this is a borrowed jacket. You know, <laughs> it's not your jacket. <laughs> so when you go to those websites. You don't feel like it's a borrowed website. It's like, oh, they did it for me. 
And in fact, Airbnb did it for this. If they do a, a Korean language, they do it for the Korean customers. So the Korean customers right to feel proud about this. Oh, that's great. No, no strange address formats. Like in the USA, it is zip code. But many people other, outside the USA may not understand zip code. So mm-hmm. if it is UK, you need to give them postcode. The address format changes a lot from country to country. Mm-hmm. So even making the address format understandable creates a connection. Otherwise, people feel weird. You know, if I can't even put my address here, you know, what, what sort of problems will I get? <laughs> this is it's just like you know buying this expensive uh, smartphone, but the box is damaged. Mm. What do, you, what do you think? The, I mean, if you see this one and, and the salesperson saying to you, look, Nico, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a box. But what, how would you feel like this? You know, you're saying, you know, what, what, I mean, what do you say? Am I just the only one that is worried about this? Or, you know, right. you're buying this smartphone and the box is damaged. Do you, yeah, you, do you, would you, you feel that? Buy it. Yeah, why? Because the first thing that comes to mind is that you know, what about the thing inside? Maybe it is damaged too. Yeah, <laughs> because the box doesn't... Wrong. The product is <laughs> wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simple as that, you know. So, and it's a great shame because the, the product may be perfect in pristine condition, but if the packaging doesn't do any justice to the product, and what could this be? Okay, damage is very obvious, but if the packaging doesn't contain, include the right information, mm-hmm. In, in the native language, you know, how will people understand? You know, if it's a food, there's so many food allergies. People, you know, people can die eating the wrong stuff. So, you know, mm-hmm. would you give something to your child if you don't understand the, the, the information, you know? So the packaging is so important. It's not just for marketing purposes to attract customers, but also giving them, providing them information so mm-hmm. that actually... I like this, I like this, I'll buy this. You know, uh, but I don't know about you, but if I don't understand something, I delay the purchasing decision. It could Mm -hmm. be my age, I don't know. But (laughs) if the the information is not clear, I say, I don't know, should I buy this? Maybe not, maybe, you know, if I buy this and it's not working, I'll get into trouble. So let me check this, you know, um, buying this... um, stuff for 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 the house and yes because i don't want to upset my wife or i I don't upset my children by buying the wrong stuff Mm -hmm. and you know so providing when i get the information i feel comfortable yes then straight away because nobody nobody has too much time to go over the same thing over and over again no but that that's actually great because that enables you to not only understand products and services and how they should be, but also assisting when uh, people ask you, you know, what's your process of reviewing products and services. So that way you can determine whether they uh, would need some of your advice and some of your services. And for those that are listening and are interested in uh, getting access to the book, Good Business in Any Language, as well as your services as a consultant, uh, where could they find that information? Thank you. Thank you for asking um, and giving me that opportunity uh, because I'd, I'd love to help business executives. 
you know, every business has a potential to go global. And I'd, I'd love to sort of, if I can help anyone to, to do, to take that step, it just, I just feel so, so good and so proud. Now, I'd love to offer your listeners free copy of my book. All they need to do, go to levent.team. Levent, that is L-E-V-E-N-T dot team. Team is T-E-A-M. If they visit that URL, they'll have options to download it, order a paperback version, the, the free postages for UK customers, but then they can download the ebook or if they wish, they could buy it from Amazon. And there are there's a Facebook group as well that they can join and ask questions. So if they are curious about what to do, mm-hmm. should I do international trade? Am I ready? There's also a scorecard that they can take. All is free. So there's a lot of tools that they can start testing to see are they ready? What are their weak points? What are their strengths? And if they have any questions, they can contact me. I'll be only be too pleased to speak with any of your listeners. Oh, that is great. Could you repeat that website once again, just in case somebody misunderstood or misheard? Yes, of course. Levant, all the W's, all the W's, and then Levant, L-E-V-E-N-T, dot team. Team is like, like the football team, T-E-A-M. Okay, perfect. So you guys heard it here. If you want somebody to assist in reviewing, helping you expand globally, or even if you are thinking about it, uh, Levent's going to definitely help you make that decision, as well as help you run down which locations and the process uh, that you will need to go through, the customs, the culture, the silence, the handshakes, the gestures, no jokes until you have been uh, well aware of the country and the impact that it's going to make, as well as a whole bunch of other benefits because he's only touching the tip of the iceberg. He can't give yes, it all yes. away. Uh, so yes. definitely, definitely check him out. Check out the website. Uh, check out the book, Good Business in Any Language, How to Thrive in Global Markets, available now. Thank you so much, Levent, for joining us today and giving us so much amazing amazing information regarding business and the correct etiquettes. Thank you, Nico. It was, it has been total pleasure for me. And with that said, that's essentially been the podcast. So if you've been listening and you like the content, please make sure to like comment, subscribe. And if you're interested in those uh, business moves, definitely check Levent out, not only um, on Amazon as well as on the Levent.team, but also on LinkedIn um, as well. Other than that, take care and have a great rest of your day then, Levin. All the best, Nicole.